And welcome to Back of the Grid. I'm Stu Greenwood and I'm joined, as always, by Tom King. Hello. And Chris Evans. Hello. Um, how are you t- both today on this fine evening? Good, thank today, you. I still keep on. forgetting that we have a new intro and it catches me off guard every single time. <laughs> yeah, and then I start I, giggling at Kim just as we start recording. <laughs> yeah, I have the exact same thing. Every time I hear it, I, I chuckle to myself. Um, how are you, Tom? Okay, other than a stressed throat. Which is brilliant <laughs> sound, for podcasting. Sounding quite husky, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a quite a sensual voice. Ailment Thanks. you have. <laughs> this might be uh, the least Tom talks for yeah. any podcast ever. Yeah. Things happened in the world of motor racing this week. Um and there was a Formula E race this weekend, um, which was once again an absolute banger of a race. Yeah, um, like honestly if People aren't watching Formula E. They're missing out so much this season, especially. Yep. It's just been phenomenal. Yeah, even the highlights. I watched the highlights earlier, and I don't think they did. I watched like short highlights at lunchtime, and then I watched the full highlights later on. And the short highlights just could. There was so much happened. You couldn't even fit it all into a short. Yeah, highlight. I don't know how they crazy. managed it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I guess the big talking point of that race would be the Jean-Éric Verne and Lucas Degrassi ding-dong through the race entire Race-long fight. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, um, I saw someone on Twitter, I'm just completely stealing what they said without crediting them, but said that it's it was interesting because it was a fight for the lead from start to finish with zero overtakes. But the fact that there was overtaking all the way through the rest of the field means you knew it was possible. So it was like, it's not one of those fights where two cars are nose to tails. Like, okay, there might be an overtake, but kind of the Formula One style of, yes, they're close together, but overtaking might not even be possible. Like, you knew it was on. Like, that track always generates lots of overtaking. So yeah. just because there wasn't any for the lead doesn't make it any less of a fight between them. And on the track, what a track as well. Yeah, what a location so for good. a race. Like the like, there's, there's lots of shots where there's like you can see the the beach in the background and stuff. Mm. The waves crashing against the beach, and then you've got these really fast cars flying down the streets around it. It's just mega, mega setting yeah. for a race. And then and then the podium on the beach for good measure. Yeah. Awesome. This is that is what Formula One needs. Is it? It needs some more interesting settings to have races in, rather than just fields. Yeah, F1 on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else happened in that race? Uh, Mitch Evans's overtake on Alex Lynn. That yeah, was that was crazy. Mighty. Um, um, like I he think was... he may have bit a bit of his seat out of his chair <laughs> while he was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, it's like through a right hander where most cars were lifting off the power a little bit. Yeah, like slid it up the inside. Like Lynn could at any point have just like swept across and taken the normal line. He's lucky he sort of knew he was there. Yeah, such a was, mighty move. He was mega move. Mitch Evans was driver of the day for me. Like he had a, he got a penalty for like some kind of weight distribution issue or something. I think they were like moving the batteries around between sessions, and they got like he got a penalty. Ooh, it's a bit um, naughty that. Yeah, it was a really silly thing to get a penalty for. So he started from sixteenth, but yeah, he just like carved his way through the field, sixteenth um, to fourth. Like that that Jaguar looks like a a properly decent car now. 
Yeah, yeah. Both Jags did did okay, didn't they? They were yeah. Uh, they were neck and neck at one point. I think the two Jags, but then that was uh, that was on Mitch Evans' way through the field and. Yeah, yeah he, it's um, Pico had an issue, I think, in the end and retired, yeah. but uh, he was on for a decent result as well. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so that was an absolutely outrageous overtake. I've never, I've, th- there's very, f- it's just a proper, proper balls out maneuver that. You yeah, don't it really see is. That many of those, um, especially in open wheel racing, because if you yeah. any contact and you just, you're out, aren't you? So awesome to see. Um, Daniel Apt had a weird seatbelt thing happen to him when he was running third. Yeah, such a shame that like he was very much on for third place until that. Um, yeah, it's it's strange because like in the last few races they've stopped having the minimum pit stop time, so it's literally as soon as you are buckled into your new car you can go. Um, and they have lots of sensors now on the seat belt to make sure people aren't driving out the pits with their belts not done up for obvious reasons. Yeah, um, and because they definitely <clears throat> would. Oh yeah, that totally you like drive out and then tighten them up on the way out. Um, but everything was fine when he left the pits. Like, all the sensors said it was fine. And then just not that long after he left the pits, he felt his belt come undone again. It's like, you you have to come back in and get that done up. That's just not a risk that yeah. you take, is it? Do you remember no, when you... we were debating this a few... Well, it was probably a few months ago now. It was during the off-season, I think, when the season started. We were talking about what they should and shouldn't do to um, to improve yeah. that situation. And we suggested exactly this, that no more minimum stop time and that you have sensors on the... And yeah. I think this was a scenario we said, yeah. this is the only time it could go bad, is if, yeah. if the sensor goes off saying that your seatbelt's not got a problem and then you have one or vice versa, it goes off to say that there is a problem and then you haven't got one and you, it costs yeah. your time. But yeah, I guess the only thing is the belts in cars like this are so tight, like you know if your belt's done up yeah, or not. True. Yeah. It, well, you pull your brakes and your shoulders yeah. fly forward into the steering wheel. <laughs> like, so, that's a bad such sign. Such is the braking force of these kinds of cars, yeah. And they're so lightweight as well. I can tell you from having driven an aerial Atom, I would <laughs> not want to drive that car without a seatbelt on. It would be <laughs> terrifying. Um, uh, Sam Bird, he had an absolutely wild one. He did loads of it. started in 10th. Um, loads and loads of overtaking to get himself up to 3rd. Yep, carved his way up again. Yeah, he's a cracking race driver, Sam Bird, isn't he? Yeah, he's not the it's quickest just, qualifier, but it's just a shame that Virgin race. car is still <clears throat> it's there or thereabouts, but it's just not the quickest. Like Cheetah have very mm. much overtaken them this season. Yeah, it's not he's as quick a, as the Audi. No, it's he's working. had a bit of a uh, a bit of a mare uh, this season. Uh, well, he's had a decent season all, all in all, but last race, sorry, at Mexico, Sam Bird had a bit of a a poor race. Um, and he's now dropped that dropped him down lower in the standings he's got himself back up to third now yeah honestly it's only really Vern who is who's had a you know pretty normal season so far which is probably why he's top of the championship like yeah Rosenquist was up there to the start to start with but he's had a shocking couple of weekends uh Degrassi's just had an abysmal start to the season uh Bird's had his share of issues as well yeah uh, it's going to be um, interesting now, actually. Now, Audi seem to have got on top of their issues and they've won. Well, they've had a, a win and a second back-to-back now. It's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see just how much they can catch up the guys at the top of the championship now because we're just about... Um, we're halfway through. Halfway through the season now, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we're exactly halfway. There's six left. Cause yeah. It's double header in New York, so you've got six races, of course, yeah. races left. Um 
Yes, yeah, so, so Sam Sam's had a relatively no one except for Mexico. He would probably it'd be a solid second now. Yeah, uh, totally. And then yeah, the like you say the the Audi. Well, what, the technical term isn't Audi, is it? We shouldn't call them Audis. It's apt shape flow. They're more Audi than apt <laughs> these days, aren't they? Because Audi've. Uh... That's true. Yeah, that te- true. technically, they're officially a, they're officially Audi Sport apt shape yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? Um, who is? Do you know who their team principal is? Oh, oh yeah, it's um, Alan McNish. Yes, yes. Um, because <clears throat> I saw after the race they interviewed him and asked him about the whole seatbelt coming undone thing, and you'd expect um, <clears throat> a team principal to be kind of, you know, angry about something like that. And he said he just said exactly the same thing happened to him back when he was driving something like LMP1 or LMP2, and like you, you just don't mess around with stuff like that. Like you just come in the next lap because it's what you have to do, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's he's a very smart guy, he's Alan McNish. Yeah, he is. He's a good boy. He's, he's a very talented race driver and a very intelligent gentleman indeed. Do you remember when we saw him? In fact, I think we walked past him in the Silverstone paddock when we went to WEC a few years ago. Yeah, we, we walked past a few people in that paddock. We did, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jackie Stewart was being crowded by a bunch of people at one point, yeah. I seem to remember. It's bizarre. Um, it's like you see F1, like the paddock is such a, a closed club and you go just to anything else and you just like have a stroll around and like yep. brush shoulders with people. Yeah. Crazy, anyway, that's crazy, crazy. that's off on a tangent. Yeah. Uh, what we do best, tangents. Yep. Um, so that's Sam Bird. So the finishing order um, in the end, uh, Jean-Éric Verne just about managed to hold off Degrassi um, to take the win. Degrassi second and Bird in third. No poem intended. <laughs> I think uh, it was um, it was very telling that at one point Degrassi went for a pass uh, on Verne and just completely locked up, went sideways and just kept it out the wall. And he probably dropped like five seconds behind yeah. Verne, I think. And within like six laps, he was right back on his tail. Like, yeah. Degrassi he was, was very much the fastest man out there, which is going to be really interesting for the rest of the season. He's like 80 points behind in the championship, I think. It'll be interesting mm. to see how much of that he can claw back. Yeah. He's a, he's got a bit of a bumptious style to him, hasn't he, Lucas Degrassi? He does like a bit of argy-bargy, a bit of yeah, he's, um on the racetrack. Yeah. Sticks his elbows out a bit. Yeah. let's let's. I, we'd better leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of Degrassi, um, bit of news for Chris here. He had a bit of a strange penalty handed to him after the race for an underwear infringement. Headline of the week: Degrassi hit with fine for underwear infringement. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was fined ten thousand euros and given three penalty points <laughs> for putting on for, the wrong pants. For for basically for wearing short, f- fireproof long johns instead of long, long johns. So. His long, his, apparently his long ones were, were a bit moist from the from the temperatures, hot temperatures where they were racing, and um, he didn't have any dry ones left, so he stuck his short ones on. I mean, how does he even own short ones? I don't know. What yeah, was well, the I, point in fireproof? Yeah, if they're only going to stop halfway down your legs, it could be your whole body. Yeah, yeah strange. <clears throat> I mean, I, I don't know about you, but all the fires I've experienced start like at your bottom of your legs. <laughs> and way, way Fire generally tends to go in an upwards direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So protect the bottom bit first, I would thought. Anyway. That, that has to be a first in motorsport, though, a penalty for... Uh, Bad pants. The wrong, the wrong underwear. underwear. The wrong trousers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the Formula E. Formula One news now. Um, Ferrari have hired Laurent... 
Laurent Mikis. I'm glad you had to say that, is, not me. Isn't it? Well, it's infinitely more describable than Marsan Badowski, isn't it? <laughs> can't even say. Can't, I mean, that's the type of surname that makes you stop wanting to be able to speak. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm talking about, shall I? Um, so Ferrari have hired Laurent Mikis, much to the annoyance of pretty much everyone in the paddock, except Renault, who have already hired a FIA technical delegate of their own. Um, <laughs> So, if you don't know who Laurent Mikis is, I will stop attempting to say his name because I probably keep getting it wrong. Um, he is the deputy technical delegate. So, he's one man under Charlie Whiting, essentially. Yeah, he's Charlie's and second in command, basically. He yeah. was very much a key factor within the Halo, and he was actually quite good at explaining the decisions that they made during the Halo. If you see any videos of the FIA explaining their choices behind the halo and the tests that they did. He's that guy with the glasses and the little goatee beard. Yeah, yeah, because he's, he's also similar the... hair to that comedian on, uh, what's it called? Stephen yeah. Mangum. Is that what you mean? Because uh, he has got similar hair nah, to Stephen was... Mangum. He does, actually, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say uh, the guy who's on QI. Alan oh, Davis. Alan Davis, yeah. yeah. Alan Davis, yeah. 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 Saw him on a bus the other day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Celebrity spot corner. Yeah, yeah, it was on the same. And I, and Chris, you know what's weird? I saw you on the same bus, but you didn't see me. <laughs> oh, which is even more strange. I did. I was just ignoring so, you. So you, unbeknownst to you, you were on the same bus, Chris, Damn. as Alan Davies. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Ferrari have hired this guy, uh, and he's obviously he knows a lot about everyone's car in the same way that Marsan Budkowski knows a lot about everyone's car. And I'd, I'd say right probably not as much as he did. Um, he's like he's the safety delegate. He's his main role. So I doubt he's been like in people's wind tunnels and stuff like that, like um, mm. Badowski was. But even so, he's going to know an awful lot about an awful yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, and McLaren say that by hiring him, they've broken a sort of a gentleman's agreement that was agreed among all the teams to not well to basically to stop poaching FIA staff for one and two if you do do it give it a year before you yeah. bring them in because that which um, that pretty much came into being like immediately after the Renault hiring didn't it they sort yeah. of sat in after that said okay if we do this again give it 12 months yeah and in no time fro you've just gone actually yeah in typical Ferrari style and typical F1 style to be fair they've they couldn't beat the other team, so they've decided to do the exact same thing as the other team. How, like, how many times, though, in F1 do you hear there being a gentleman's agreement and then someone breaks yeah. it? It's like, breaks it. they're just... I don't say they're not worth the paper they're written on, but they're not even written on paper. <laughs> they're not even written on paper, are they? They're not, they're not written on the... They're not even worth the tissue they're yeah, written on, are they? Spit in a handshake and call it good. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just never going to happen. It's, it's ridiculous, um, isn't it? I was reading into this, though, and one thing I didn't realise is the, the deputy race director like just how much they actually do so obviously um charlie whiting is sat on the pit wall for the race start um so basically while he's doing that the deputy race director is in kind of in charge of everything else so like formation lap the first lap in fact the first few laps the um deputy race director is basically kind of controlling called on red flags and safety cars and stuff like that so it's like it's a pretty. It's a job that you need like a lot of qualification for. Mm. Um, 
because you may remember Herbie Blash, who did that job for like 20 plus years before he left. Um, and Mikis was like trained up for a while to replace him. So the FIA have got a bit of an issue here finding someone to step into that role. It's not the sort of role you can just pluck someone out to do yeah. it. Like, yeah. it, it requires a lot of training to do that job. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a real pickle for the FIA. Yeah, Herbie Blash is still involved in motorsport. He's um he does stuff with Porsche Super Cup and he's got a role within Yamaha as well apparently. So there's talk of them trying to maybe pluck him back out of retirement just as a temporary thing. Yeah, while they get someone else. That's, <clears throat> yeah. that's probably a good idea. If they can do that, if he's up for it, then that yeah, would go too, wouldn't it? There's also um a steward called Sylvia Bellow, whose name I've seen bandied around as well. She she like started marshalling when she was sixteen and the FIA picked her up as like their steward training program. And I think when she was like twenty four she uh, was a steward at her first F one race. Like she's just like moved her through oh, the cool. ranks crazy quickly. So there's talk of her taking the role, but again, it's not the sort of thing she can just step into, I don't think. No, no. Bit of a pickle. Mm. That is a heck of a pickle. Um, does anyone else have any any relevant news? It's been quite a quiet week this week, I think, for news, just because obviously the race is this weekend and everyone's just talking about how, oh, we don't know where they are, <laughs> where we are yeah. in the field. Like everyone's saying, oh, that's, and no one's really, everyone's calm before the storm. Exactly. You took the words out of my mouth. Um, so, anyone else got anything they want to talk about news wise this week? Not particularly. I don't think we've covered it off. I saw one thing earlier I thought was interesting. I saw a little video talking about the um, teams trying to negate the aero impact of the Halo. Um, you know, we've seen the little uh, aero bits and bobs and little wing stucks and things like that. Um, yeah. Renault have actually gone one step further, and you know they're allowed a kind of little cowling thing on the back of drivers' helmets. Yes. Um, yeah. The Renault guys, the cowling on the back of their helmets matches the shape of the bodywork directly behind them so when they're sat straight looking directly forwards it's essentially their helmet and the bodywork of the car kind of become yeah. one to help direct the air into the airbox behind them which is mm. i feel like that's an area that people are going to start to exploit and then we'll have to have some rules about just how much <laughs> stuff you can attach to helmets before yeah, they start yeah. sticking when... a whole wing on top of them well exactly like i've got this vision of like the hut the helmet becoming like part of a canopy of the just, car just a t-wing <laughs> stuck to the top of it. actually why why not do that that's a great idea make the helmet part of the canopy and then you can just have an actual well there canopy. was an interesting <laughs> argument that surfaced last week that i think will buxton of all people started which was to do with the new cameras in indycar so in indycar now they've got like a helmet cam and a nose cam yeah and people were suggesting let's get these in f1 and he made the point of the fact that the helmets are um, affixed and then safety tested in a certain way, so you can't just like stick a camera on it because it potentially creates a weak point because it's an untested point, so they'd have to reconfigure. Yeah. So I think there's there's obviously a limit as to how much mm. they can do on a helmet within reason because they're all tested um, to, to meet a certain criteria for the open wheelers but it'd be interesting to see if you know you do start getting little <laughs> wings and things, um, little T-wings on the helmets I think the main reason you can't have a helmet camera on a driver's helmet, in for on the top of a driver's helmet in Formula right now is primarily because of the halo you yeah. could put, you'd put a camera there and yeah you, you wouldn't, wouldn't see a whole lot would you really but, but the halo yeah which is 
that's a whole other debate. Let's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone's tired of whinging about Halos, aren't they? Um, so, what's new in Formula One for 2018? A Halo. <laughs> Halo. <laughs> Halo is one of them. Um, let's, uh, so, what we're going to do here is we'll just do a little overview of of the most in, uh, there's, obviously there's loads of rule changes every year there's they change lots of little nooks and crannies and bits and bobs that you don't really notice so i'm going to take us through some of the more interesting ones and um we'll have a chat about those and we'll uh, try and make them the interesting yeah we'll try to make them interesting <laughs> so the first one um that i want to talk about is it's slightly more complex than this but in essence uh teams are only allowed three engines for the 21 races of the of this season so which we've mentioned a couple of times before and yes we have mentioned i just want to go into a little bit of detail on it because it's not quite as simple as just three engines so so let me just get it on my screen so they 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 can they can have three internal combustion engines that's that's a fact they can have three motor generator units and three turbochargers, right? And then they can only have two MGUKs, so that's the kinetic mm-hmm. yep. motor motor generator unit, um, two energy stores, and two control electronics. So you've got three components there for the power unit that have got to last at least at some point. They'll have to last eleven races. Yeah, yeah. What was the limit on How the MGUH? MGUH is uh, they get three of those. Three, okay, because that seems to be that seems to be the thing that fails most in if, if memory serves in sort of recent couple yeah. of seasons. Yeah, that's yeah. that well, is that's generally where most teams seem to have the problem, and it is exactly that. Like you say, Stu, it's the it's the heat component, and it was a lot of overheating. It's probably the yeah. most temperamental part of the entire hybrid engine in a Formula One car because of the nature of what it does. Yeah. I am. Um, we again. I think we've said this before, but I, as much as you can, understand and respect the reasons for going down this route, I at this point sort of feel like a sensible thing to do would have been at least for some of the parts, just delaying, reducing it for just a year. Mm. Like yeah, the sort of farces we've got into with penalties over the last couple of seasons. I, I'm just scared we're going to end up going down that route again. That that thing where you watch qualifying. And then you wait for the press release a couple of hours later that tells you the actual grid after they've stuck all the penalties in here and there. Yeah, that's true. Well, Chris, you'll be pleased to hear that there is a simpler penalty system coming in this year. I am pleased to hear (laughs) that. Which is my next point. Um, And this means that if you drop more than... If you get more than 15 places worth of penalty points, then you will start from the back. And this applies in the order in which people incur the penalties. So I'm not sure whether this is simpler or not <laughs> myself. Yeah. Um, but it is if they stick to that, because I think that's what people always assumed, but then you'd actually see the grids and it's really hard to work out why they applied things in the order they did. Like you might as you see someone get a five place penalty and only start one place back and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. And you'd get people that picked up a, like a 20 place grid penalty, but it was somehow still starting like 15th because there were other yeah. people dropping back behind them and nobody could quite work it out. Um, I'm sure at one point I saw someone have a five place penalty and start a position higher than they qualified. There was a race where like half the grid had a penalty of some description. Yeah. 
and because of the mm. order and the way that they apply them, somebody did start in the same place or higher. I'm I'm fairly certain that happened at least once last I year. I think we're definitely going to get that into tactical penalty territory again, aren't we? I think. Yes. yes, exactly. Well, this is this is the interesting thing because it says applies in the order in which people incur the penalties. So you're going to be desperate to take that penalty. If you're going to do, take a penalty, you're going to be desperate to do it first. So are yeah. we going to get like a race of team principals running towards the stewards? Yeah. <laughs> like the running the gauntlet past all the other garages trying to get their penalty Yeah, the second first. the door opens. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point, actually. Yeah. I So I'd love to be there to see that. I'd find that more interesting than some of the races last season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just have a, have a separate uh, principal championship. Have them yeah, run yeah, down the pit lane with their paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just with little slips in their hand. Uh, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure it is necessarily simpler. I think that, that there was definitely more logic to the old system. Whoever gets the most penalties. I think if nothing else, it's is, just going to sound better saying so-and-so starts at the back rather than saying so-and-so has a 62-place penalty on a grid of 20 yeah, cars. Yeah. I, I think that's what they're trying to stop. Yeah, because it? it just sounds a bit silly. Sounds, sounds ridiculous, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it doesn't paint like. the sport in a great light, really. Yeah. So the next one, um, in the words of Hydraulic Pressman, <laughs> on to the next one. Uh <laughs> All supplied engine a bit meter that wasn't it. <laughs> All supplied engines um, are to match in spec quality mo- quali modes and all. So that means that Mercedes, who have, as we all know, have a magic mode in qualifying to make their engine faster, now have to give everyone else. Even though they say they've always given everyone else that that, and no one really has come out to deny it. It's quite widely believed among the non Mercedes teams yeah. that. Actually, they don't give everyone else the e- parity. The question, of course, is: Will they give everyone that extra mode, or will they just stop using it themselves? Yeah. Um, it it comes round though to you. Remember last week when we were discussing how quick the Haas looked after testing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that potentially now because they've actually got an engine that's far more on par with the actual Ferrari? So yeah. Again, something more on par with what the uh, with the team that they're buying from rather than being in a yeah. situation where it's you know slightly downgraded or not got that um, quality mode in it and, and whatever mm, so it, it'd be really interesting to see I think personally more so the Ferrari engines than the Mercedes ones because nine times out of ten your Mercedes engines were doing better regardless um, if Mercedes were getting more out of them or not so I'd be interested to see how much closer to Ferrari the Ferrari-powered teams are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't, I can't imagine Sauber being anywhere closer, can you? I don't, I don't know. know. They, 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 I, huge amount of improvement from them in testing, but that's not going to be difficult when you've now got support of a, a factory team like Ferrari and you've also got an engine that's actually on par with the rest of the grid for the season. Yeah, yeah well, not only that. Yeah, this engine. is like... This year's engine, yeah. yeah. They're going from this year's engine... Uh, sorry, they're going from having a year-old engine to now having a matching... Technically, supposedly, a matching engine for yeah, Ferrari. Yeah. Do we think teams? Do we think the top teams will find a way around this reg- this rule? Probably. There must, there's always a way around it, isn't there? So th- they could just turn around and say, oh, well, we can't build enough in time and the priority is the race team. Yeah, that's the interesting thing, actually, because you always heard, like, the... You'd get the new version of the Mercedes engine 
like Williams would get it a few races after Mercedes did because it's like supply and demand. So yeah. I'm not sure if that side of it will still apply within. I guess it's, I guess technically that's a newer version of the same engine. It's like it's it's the B version yeah. of the 2018 engine. So yeah, mm. of course, there's no reason why they can't just send a software package to the new team. To, to yeah, the also team true. If it's just a software update, so. But the, I suppose the the interesting thing would be is where the line is in the regulation because it's all right to plan an engine, but then they may have. If it depends on if the software is considered an element of it or not. Because mm, if you've got something well, electronical go. in the car, you can then potentially get more out of that engine that you're not under any obligation to sell on to your customer teams. And that's maybe where you get your mm. advantage back as a manufacturer. I've, I don't know for definite if that's a, like, a loophole or not, but it'd be interesting mm. to try and find some more detail on it and, and have a it's read. It's like the old, um, if you replace the, the end of a broom and the handle of a broom, is it still the same broom? It's like how many... How much of an update can you do <laughs> yeah. to an engine? Still call it yeah. the same engine. That's true. Very true. Um, listen to us. We sound like real Formula One. Looking for proper technical in, stuff. in rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the next, uh, there's two quick ones that I'm going to do, and that's just obviously the Halo is the next one that's new for 2018, um, and also we're not going to see any more shark fins or T wings. Yay. Yeah, the t- I never liked the T wings. The T wings were no. I never liked the shark fins either. I think the shark fins always made the cars look quite big and cumbersome, and I think mm. without them, they just look a bit smaller and more nimble. Mm. Um, low T wings, as we've discovered already, are still possible. Yeah, and yeah. Williams have Williams have got one on the back. Didn't, of those, didn't quite really close mind. that loophole enough, did they? No, not quite. Still left a, a, a smallish hole remaining. Mm-hmm. How, how did how? How? <laughs> like they knew they were trying. To, they knew what they were trying to achieve. So why not just? Yeah, it's weird on that low T wing. I don't really mind the low T wing. No, they're not quite as intrusive uh, Yeah, yeah, as the aerials that were sticking out, the TV aerials sticking out <laughs> on top of the other ones. Um, what else? So the next one that's interesting is the we've got yet more tire com- <laughs> tire compounds this season. We're up to seven dry compounds, um, from hyper soft to super hard. And we've got two just wet compounds, an extreme wet tyre and an intermediate yeah. tyre. I think it's well, having seven different tyre compounds on the face is a bit silly, and I think the colouring scheme could do with some work. Um, <laughs> I do like the idea that Prelly have been talking that this now gives them scope to not always take tyres to a race that are a single step apart. Like They could feasibly now take like the medium, the soft, and the ultra soft and like miss out a step to kind of spread out strategy and stuff a little bit like there's there's potentially more interesting strategy stuff that can happen here um it's down to them to actually do that though isn't it yeah um because there's that that opportunity has always been you don't need seven tires to have to do that true but it gives you a bit more scope to spread things out i guess I don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, like Mercedes talking about why they didn't run the Hypersoft in uh, testing basically said they they view that tyre as a qualifying tyre and then hang on for the first couple of laps before you can change it in your first yeah. pit stop. Um, yeah. And by the sounds of it, we're not going to see the Hypersoft until Canada, I don't think, anyway. So um, it's very, very track-specific, and I think... I mean, I like the idea of having what is essentially a qualifying tyre. Like, it will be fun to see just that 
stick on some nice soft sticky tires and do a banzai lap at the end of uh, Q3. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That I mean that's what I think if they were going to I mean obviously they tried we talked about this last week but they tried tweaking qualifying and it all blew up in their faces. Yeah. I think if you were going to tweak qualifying then do something about the tires is is the, the way you tweak qualifying. The only way qualifying can be improved is is if you force everyone to use one tire the softest possible tire yeah. and get them to just do the fastest fastest possible lap that they yeah because there's been force in you but always the worst for it where like they'd get through to q3 and then say well we're not going to get higher than ninth anyway so we'll just send them both out do one slow lap on the mediums and come in and then don't appear for the rest of it yeah yeah i call it exactly. just force them to use the best tire and just everyone go for it yeah that so if that that'd be the best way if you're going to change it do that and don't that's the for me that would be the perfect qualifying setup yeah. for formula one but that's just my opinion um what anything else to say about the tire compound so we've got the the, the super hard which seems a bit oh yeah i forgot we have the super any, hard as well yeah there's one extra at each end yeah. isn't there, realistically or is it try yeah but, the, but everything's gonna step to remember. softer that yeah. yeah everything's gonna step softer so the 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 super hard is just last season's hard yes, tire, I think. Yeah. That's the way to... And then the, the, the hyper soft is actually a new compound that is yes. softer than ever. Yeah. So that's, that's like f- two steps softer than the old ultra soft. Yeah. yeah. And the old ultra soft is... No, a super soft. Even softer still than it yeah. was. Uh, well, yeah, the new, the new ultra soft, yeah. sorry, is I mean, new. And then the old ultra soft is now a super soft... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, given right. that, like, this is the kind of conversation you really need a graph for, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> given that when we were at um, Silverstone last, and Pirelli had a stand with all different tires, and like, I remember like poking my fingernail into the no ultra soft, yeah, the ultra soft, and that was like so squishy you could like dig your nail into it. So if the hyper soft is two steps softer than that, like, yeah, yeah, it's literally going to melt off the tire just. Standing there, there they really are. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. They're, they're mega, mega soft. Though. Yeah, that, but that's what gives us. That's what makes Formula One looks Formula One cars look so great round corners, yeah. isn't it? It's well, the, exactly. Yeah, that grippy chewing gum tires yeah. that they have, like they like defy physics if you ever see them. Um, speaking of ti- tires, on to the next thing. Uh, standing restarts after red flags are now possible in the regulations, but it depends on what. Charlie it's White a bit vague, isn't it, this? Because I've been talking about this for a couple of years and it still seems a bit like we could, maybe, if we feel like it. I'd say it's probably more... Yeah. Um, it's probably going to end up being more weather-related, isn't it? It's going to be about... Probably, Probably yeah. going to be about why the race was stopped and red-flagged in the first place. If it's like a Canada-style yeah. scenario where it's the rain, they would possibly start them behind the safety car to make sure that the visibility is there that they expect there to be. Whereas if it's like too much debris on the track and it's just a case of having to stop the race to clear the track, then why wouldn't you need a yeah, starting? As a yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So two completely different reasons for stopping a race. One, that there'd be no reason to have a standing restart at all, but potential reason yeah. to need to stop <laughs> a standing restart in Canada with the rain. Yeah. So I think, I think that's where yeah. that, that decision comes on. I'm not sure how I feel yeah. about it from a sort of sporting and fairness point of view, but in terms of spectacle, like mm. another start in the middle of the race sounds pretty cool. Yeah. 
the interesting thing for me about this is that everyone there's potential if there's like a if there's a stoppage in the middle of the race say someone has a big off and and they have to just put a stop to it um it, if it's around the pit stop window and some people have been in other people haven't then obviously you can't uh, during a red flag period the car is in yeah. park ferme you can't do anything to the car you can't change the tires yeah, that's you can't do all that they changed that a few years ago after that monaco thing where button lost the race yeah. because everyone changed tires just completely negated so the race didn't it you could have people who have just changed tires and got fresh say you've got put fresh soft tires on and you've got other people out who are still on their super softs mm. that they qualified on and they're on their way out having to start a race or restart a race all at the same time. I wonder if they'd allow a so, pit lane start in that situation. I wonder if you'd be able to elect to start from the pit lane, stick some new tyres on, and then, you know, just start off the pit lane and wait till everyone's gone past, like, somebody that, could do the start of a race. Uh, yeah, maybe. I suppose you're going to lose all that track position anyway. So Exactly, yeah. If you went around and did a lap on crap tyres, then pitted, you'd probably lose even more time, so. Yeah. So, but that's that's where it gets interesting for me, and I feel like it's not necessarily. I don't think it is. I, I'm with you, Chris. I don't think it's sportingly. I don't think it is the right. Like if you thing if you were do. leading a race and they've been holding someone up for the whole thing, and then suddenly you had another grid start and they got you on the they second the start, like you'd yeah. feel hard done yeah. by. Yeah, especially sure. like Absolutely. it was you know. I mean, imagine a track like Monaco. Like generally, oh, if you're in the lead yeah. at Monaco you're in a real good place to win that race. And if you suddenly have to have a restart and you lose it on the restart, that would be yeah. pretty good. Then again, you know, it's the same for everyone. Yeah, it is, well, it is the same for everyone, but I've, you can't... Uh, it, it's, it's that lottery element, though, yeah. isn't it? Like, you don't know... You want to try and mitigate this lottery element in, in motor racing as much as you can, and I feel like this does nothing to do I that. feel I like... It flies in the face of it. Yeah, I feel like when this happens, we'll probably spend an entire episode discussing it, so... <laughs> I think so. Yeah, there's definitely potential there for a for a long, long chat. Um, the the last little bits that I want to talk about what's new for Formula for 2018 are just um, they've outlawed a couple of things. So oil burn for power. Um, we talked about this last week with the Ferraris yeah. having blasting smoke out of the garage <laughs> all the way through testing. Um, that's because there's a little tube now sticking out of the back of the car, which isn't an exhaust but an extra little bit, um, and that is essentially burning oil that's that's coming out of it and it's it's been on all the ferraris even the mercedes cars you can see there's a little tube a little white tube sticking out that's strapped to the exhaust that's also ejecting sort of vapor um so that's gone what they were doing before was they were rooting that tube up into the airbox yep. as it turns out and firing that hot air and you know charged charged uh air back into the engine and it was producing more power yeah um and then the other thing is a little trick suspension thing that they've sort of tried to get around where under certain circumstances the car's ride height changes according to the steering so they've done something they, they've adjusted the rules to to stop that from happening and that one's pretty boring because you don't really it's, <laughs> it's not obvious to the viewer so it's uninteresting um and that's it for in terms of what's new on a technical level. Um, who's new in Formula One season is the question everyone's asking me. I don't know about you guys. I can't get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me tell them. 
Charles Leclerc, the 20-year-old from France, is going to be driving for Alfa Romeo Sauber. Um, he was a test driver for Ferrari, Haas and Sauber. Um, he won GP3 for ART in 2016. He won the F2, or GP2, for the old school among you, for Prima last year. Um, he replaces Pascal Verlaine. And then for Williams, we have Sergei Sirotkin. He's 22, he's from Russia. And he was the test driver for Sauber and Renault and was reserve driver for Renault. And he came in third for, in GP2 for AIT in 2016. He replaces Massa. Um, gentlemen, we all love Charles Leclerc. Um, what are your thoughts on how he's going to do this season? Yeah, like, I know this time last year we were talking up, like, uh, Gasly and Giovinazzi, who, like, just had a season of uh, GP2 fighting. But, like... Charles Leclerc just personally I think blows both of them out of the water like he is some of the things he did in F2 last season were hmm. just phenomenal he's a real real talent like I can't wait to see what he does was it Charles Leclerc who pitted in the sprint race it was yeah, yes uh, in, in Bahrain, Bahrain. Yeah. and that overtook like 14 people in 10 laps or something took yeah. the lead on the final lap yeah yeah, yeah um, I'm almost Phenomenal. Gutted he's at, I'm, I'm a bit gutted he's at Alfa Romeo. I am, I'm glad that he, Ferrari, have, obviously he's part of the Ferrari deal to 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 be with Alfa Romeo. Isn't yeah. he? He's going to be like Kimi Raikkonen's replacement in a couple of years, I would have thought. Yeah, he's got yeah. to be. I mean, we've said this, I feel like I've said this the last three years, but you've kind of got to think this is probably Kimi's last year in F1. We say that every year. Unless I've he made that joke before. As well. Yeah, we really have, but <laughs> I still feel that way, and I think he's definitely been lined up as like <clears throat> new Ferrari guy. I think. I think Ferrari's main problem has been who who would come in to replace him, in the sense that they need somebody with the way Ferrari works as a team. They need somebody compliant, and yeah. the only way you're going to get that realistically is to hire somebody younger that you're giving the opportunity to but then you're in a predicament where Ferrari aren't the type of team to run yeah. a rookie driver so they need to bed somebody in first so I yeah. think maybe getting themselves what is effectively a B team with Alfa Romeo or Sauber yeah. that this is their way to bed somebody in that they want in the Ferrari within the next sort of 12 to 24 months Um <laughs> Whether we'd see him in the Ferrari next year, I don't know. But I think that ultimately by sort of 2020, he'd be in it, realistically. Yeah. I think Charles Leclerc is probably the one of the only young drive, one of the only rookies in recent years that have come through purely on merit and not much else. I, I'm sure he does bring... I, I don't know the facts on this. He might bring sponsorship money, but he's definitely the most talented rookie we've had for some yeah, time. Yeah, the way he's steamed through series. Um, yeah. yeah. I I think he's the most exciting young driver since Bianchi, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, I could go like, with that. He's, you know, it, there's, there's kind of shades of, like, you know, they're both within the Ferrari thing, both, like, both come through the series quite young, <laughs> both, yeah, both starting in what is probably the worst team on the grid. Um, um, I'm expecting really good things from him this year, even though he's yeah. maybe not going to be in the best car. Yeah. Well, hopefully with the support of Ferrari, you know that car will, will yeah, just hopefully. keep getting better and better. They're in a different situation now to what they were 12 months ago, so and they, they, it should have some decent development through the season. It's it's certainly the car with the most room for development this season. 
So let's yeah, see I can... and Sir Jason Rockin, what do we think to this? Oh, sorry, Chris. Yeah, I was just going to say, I can see them being able to develop more across the season than someone like Haas or maybe Toro Rosso. So, mm. yeah, I'd be interested to see how they do across the whole season. Yeah. As for Sorokin, I don't know. He was kind of always like the... He was always a bit of a bridesmaid in GP2, wasn't he? He was kind of always there or thereabouts, sort of get picking up podiums and points behind the likes of Gasly and Giovinazzi yeah, and I, the Clark and Co. I've, I've always thought that he is... I want maybe underrated is the wrong word, but it more sort of not given the full appreciation that he should have got because he is a quick driver and he did win races against these people that we're saying are, you know, potentially a, a big deal in the lives of Leclerc and, and so on. So mm. I think to race with those and and be there or thereabouts, he must have at least something about him. I think. Um, and yeah, I'm glad he's getting a shot. You know, finishing third in GP two twice in a row is not anything to be sniffed at I don't think you know part- no. that was a bumper year as well yeah like, and in GP2. Yeah. I suppose the, the comparison would be someone like Palmer that came into the sport and didn't do very well in F1 in, in all fairness he was a guy that had been in GP2 a long time and then finally won it so had to leave so it, it's yeah. it's one of those things of you know at least this guy's done it consistently in GP2 um, which had... Yeah, so just on his GP2 record, he, in his first year, 2015, he, he finished third that year, and he finished third in uh, 2016. But in 2016, he had one, two, three, four, five retirements to his one retirement in 2015. So he's finished in the same position with more points at the end of the season and had more retirements. Yeah. So he's definitely improved in 2016. For sure from 2015 um yeah and he's had a bit of a quiet year in 2017 he did a bit he did a he did the 24 hours of a Le Mans yeah. finished 16th in his class um 33rd overall and that, as far as I can see that's pretty much all he did last season he must have been doing a lot of test driving for yeah um, I think he was in one of those simulator. sort of yeah reserve driver that doesn't do much driving kind of roles yeah, yeah. he um he did a couple of races in Formula 2 last year for uh, I want to oh, yeah. say it was ART when I think it was Albon that was injured Some, was, somebody yeah. was injured and he was the replacement but he literally did like two races but as far as I know he scored points as well so like mm-hmm. he went back he to F2 in a car that was as far as I know a new chassis last year because of it being the change from GP2 to F2 um, and still scored points you know jumping straight back in so again something to give him a little merit for i think yeah mm. have we ever spoke about the new gp uh, sorry the new f2 car that's going to be we did i think year. yeah when they very first yeah. launched it but i was just about to say actually okay. i like there's been little bits of footage from them doing their testing recently and god it's a good looking car like especially now yeah. it's in various teams paint jobs yeah. it looks so good that car mm. Yeah, it is a very very nice. Look. I feel, I I often feel like the 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 F two racing is is better in a lot of ways than the Formula yeah. One racing, just but because they're they're spec cars yeah. and they're all in the yeah. same gear. It comes back to that spec car conversation we had last week. Yeah, didn't it? we had this last week. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. being a spec car and much like the new Formula E car, the halo seems to flow a lot more yeah. with the F two car than it does yeah. with F one cars as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I say this every time we talk about the Halo, 
I feel like that whole just just really quickly. I feel like the problem is bigger than just putting the halo on it. I feel like the whole chassis needs to be changed to accommodate head protection. You can't just slap something on the top of it. But that's yeah, it's it's very much it's the best solution that exists right now, which is why it's on the car right now. But it's like it's step one, and it's that whole thing's going to just keep evolving as yeah. years go on I until we finally to. have closed cockpits, which is going to happen sooner rather than later. I think, uh, but. My my own opinion is it's not sufficient protection for what they're trying to achieve, in my own view. But you know, that's, I mean, yeah, but it's a whole other debate. Yeah, it's a whole other thing. <clears throat> and again, that's a whole other podcast on its own. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Chris, should we have a bit of inbox box box? Inbox box box. Let's do this. Uh, yeah. So we asked for any questions or thoughts or predictions that you had for the season ahead, uh, and lots of you sent stuff in. So thank you for that. Uh, Katie Sandals, who I think is a first-time writer in us, so thank you for getting Ooh. in touch, uh, asks, is it going to be a close season or is someone going to speed off ahead? Excuse the pun. Pun very you much excused. What? I was Well, I was going to be really rude to Katie Sandals for making that pun, but since it's her first time contacting <laughs> us, I'll be nice. <laughs> hey, Katie, you write in as much as you want with as many puns as you like and you will have yeah. my support. <laughs> just gives you a slap every so often if it gets rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it going to be a close season or is someone going to speed off ahead? I think it's going to be a close season. I think Ferrari are really close to Mercedes this year. Even closer. I think Ferrari are potentially kicking themselves for last year as well where between both team and drivers, they seem to throw away what what was a potential shot at a title. Um, And I think... It's something that they'll be really kicking themselves over, and they'll be aiming to come back stronger and and really take the fight to Mercedes this year. Plus that closing gap in engines with diminishing returns, as we keep mm. coming back to, where the gains on the engines per year are obviously lessened more and more as you get towards the limits of what is achievable. So mm. I think that will also become a factor this year. My only fear is that if Mercedes do have the faster car this year, again, as we kind of half expect, I think, is that Red Bull are going to be so much closer to Ferrari that they're actually going to be between them make life easier for Mercedes Mm, because Ferrari and Red Bull are going to be picking up the seconds and thirds between them and maybe make it even easier for Mercedes, but we'll see. Yeah, and there's even then there's the potential for Mercedes, for McLaren to be chop, snapping at the heels of both teams. Well, this is well. what I was going to say. I'm almost more excited this season for the midfield battle because I think McLaren should be well up there again. Force India, you would hope, is still up there. Renault are looking much, much better. Haas on testing pace seem to be very, very much up there as well. Like I think that midfield battle is going to be really it's, really spicy this year I'm just thinking about what you were saying there as well with um, the Ferrari and the Red Bull potentially tripping each other up and making it easier for Mercedes I think there's a potential as well for that to maybe work the other way in the sense that those tracks where Mercedes struggled uh, last season oh, well, not, say we, not necessarily struggled sorry the tracks that didn't suit the Mercedes as much that we were all calling Ferrari tracks this year they're not only going to be Ferrari tracks they're going to be Ferrari tracks Red Bull That's tracks true. and McLaren tracks in theory yeah you could be looking at the Mercedes coming like Sixth, eighth and ninth rather yeah. than yeah rather than rather than third, third and fourth exactly that's that's mm. that's absolutely possible not only 
one thing to remember is m- the the Ferrari has a longer wheelbase this season. So True. what was a Ferrari track last season isn't necessarily a Ferrari track True. this season because they're much more aero dependent than they were. Um, but still a very very valid point. There's it, it, the closer the field, the more potential there is for Mercedes to finish lower down the field and lose more and more points. Mm. So that's that, and that's a very exciting prospect, isn't it? it exactly. Really is, I, yeah. I, and there's your answer, Katie. We, I, we, I think we all think it's going to be much closer. And I personally think it's going to go down to the wire. We're going to have a Bernie special, and we're going to be having <laughs> Dabby finale. Double points. <laughs> Double points. Have a yeah. Dabby. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, that's life. Our prediction champions from last season. Uh, they say if the top three teams are evenly matched for pace, who do you think will win the drivers' championship? I guess by top three teams, we can probably say Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if they're matched for pace, who would win the drivers' championship? Mm-hmm. I still think Hamilton. Yeah, it's the boring answer, but honestly, I probably still think it would be Hamilton. He's very, very fast. <laughs> he's, he's just turned it on this last two seasons. Yeah. Even like even the season he lost to Rosberg, he was just so on it. I've never seen a driver since, it, since Schumacher yeah, really this it was, it was unlucky with a couple of DNFs as well, wasn't it, that season? Um, yeah. Then again, that being said, we've not seen Ricardo or Verstappen with a sniff at a championship yet. And you don't know in that situation how a driver's going to react. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that either of them could like raise I- themselves to that same sort of level. Under the yeah. I do think that on his day, Verstappen's got the pace to be the fastest man out there. Um, yeah, I, whether I'm not, I, I can't work out if it's like a circuit thing or a situational thing. Where um, you know that that race in Catalonia a couple of years ago uh, for the Spanish Grand Prix, he that was a an awesome drive from him. But it, yeah, it's he was... a case of, like, was it just that... Because he rose to an occasion, didn't he? Like, you know, the, the, the Mercedes took each other out and rather than crumbling mm. under the pressure of, ah, I've got to lead this now and fight for a win, he took it in his stride and he, he fought for that win to get it. So I, yeah. I don't think even he'd more crumble so, um, under the pressure. So, Well, like Mexico last year, yeah. like starting with the two championship hopefuls around him he just muscled his way through in turn one and two and streaked away and won yeah. the thing um, I still think he has his wobbles here and there and there's definitely it's rough around like the edges he's, yeah. places, a bump sure. with Ricardo in Hungary for example yeah that's that stuff will I think this season's the season if he's not going for a championship this season is the season where all that stuff will get shaken out yeah. hopefully yeah because he's, he's got better and better and better and better all last season he, he just improved with every race I thought um, next up uh, Admit One Movies podcast uh, say can I predict that Alonso's Renault engine will blow up by lap 12 I very much hope not <laughs> um, while the Toro Rosso Hondas will end up top 10 yes both of them um, in answer to that question, no, you may not. <laughs> we're, McLaren, we're McLaren fans on this podcast, and we won't hear a word of it. <laughs> um, both Toro Rosso's in the top ten is not completely outside the realm of possibility, especially Australia, where it gets a little bit wild sometimes. And given the pace we saw from them in testing, yeah, I, I mean it, they, they weren't. They it, weren't it's hard slow. to put it into relative terms until we see what everything's happening. Or not. Uh, yeah, but, totally. You know, it's. There's potential there, I think. Potential. 
Mm, yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, Craig Mitchell, I predict McLaren to come fourth in the championship, but Alonso will finish above uh, Danny Rick and Max. I think I, that's a bold one, I think. Mm. McLaren fourth in the championship is not... It's not beyond the realms of possible, what, is it? No. My my question to Craig is why are you hating on Stoffel Van Dorn? <laughs> yeah, do you think he's gonna finish below Danny Rick and Max and Alonso. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also says Mercedes to win constructors, Hamilton to win the championship, but it will be closer than last year. I think I can probably go along with that as well. Um, mm-hmm. he also yeah. said a Red Bull driver will leave and Gasly to go to Red Bull. Um, we actually mm-hmm. end up getting into a bit of a discussion about that on our uh, little WhatsApp group. Um. If a Red Bull driver did leave, it would almost certainly be Ricardo because yeah. Verstappen has a. Uh, yeah. I think an awful lot depends on what Mercedes decide to do with Bottas in this year, yeah, doesn't it? I think that's a key factor. I, th- I think yeah, that's a that, whole. That is going to be this year's um, sort of cascade effect. Once they've made a decision mm. on totally. that, that is going to trigger a chain reaction of moves because something like. Ricardo to Mercedes, which will then trigger something like Gasly to Toro Rosso, which then triggers something, you know, someone having to come up into Toro, and you know, it, it, it's a, a big team opening up a spot always cascades from top to bottom of the grid. So yeah, totally. That's the key one this year to keep your eyes out for. Um, then quickly, Paul Castle. Uh, he said, "I predict I won't win the predictions league, but we'll give it a go. <laughs> um, <laughs> we appreciate you taking part." Uh, Ferrari to be strong then fade away and Red Bull take them over which is uh, not unlike last season really Red Bull didn't quite take them over but mm. uh, you'll see uh, Bottas to be the surprise title challenger this year mm. um, I'd very much like to see that I think it'd be nice to see not just one drive from each team be fighting out for the uh, championship um, but then he says Hamilton to still win it Mercedes win constructors which seems to be a theme uh, Toro Rosso and Haas to finish 5th and 6th respectively um, I'd maybe have yeah. them the other way around. But where's where's that? We'll where's he putting Force India there? And yeah, McLaren for that seventh. matter. Some, some somebody's fourth, which is McLaren or Force Someone's India. Fourth or Williams someone, as well. Yeah. Why? Where is he oh, putting yeah. these cars? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he says, says Ocon to replace Bottas next year at Mercedes, who of course is the other potential Mercedes yeah. guy. Highly um, possible. But we're getting a season ahead of ourselves at yeah. this point. Uh, and that's everything we've had sent in so thank you everybody for sending stuff in yes thank you all very much um, so the time has come for us to make a whole set of predictions not just for Australia but for the season yeah. ahead of us yes um, so we've got a list and then we're each we're, we're going to do it in a similar way to what we do the regular race predictions but um obviously we'll review this at the end of the season and we'll see who was closest and we're also going to make one wild prediction <laughs> each um, so we'll go through it the way we always do and we'll start with Chris and Chris I am asking you who will be champions driver and team please do I go boring do I go interesting team I'm sticking with Mercedes driver Hamilton or Bottas Oh no, it doesn't necessarily have to be. I think we're going to go Vettel. Vettel? Yeah, Ooh. I'm going to go Vettel just to be not quite as boring as I could be. Uh, well, thanks for stealing my idea. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, I, genu- I do genuinely think that 
if it, well, if anyone's going to win it, there's not Hamilton. I think it'll be Vettel. Uh, I, but uh, Mercedes are more consistent as a team. So, unfortunately, I'm going to be end, end up sounding boring now and say the same thing: Mercedes and Vettel. Oh my goodness! This is going to be a great episode mm-hmm. at the end of the season, isn't it? Thanks, <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you've got to say something different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> nah. Um, I will because I'm contrary. Uh, I think I'd like to see someone different win it this season in terms of the team. I'd love to see Hamilton win again and sort of get closer to Schumacher's record. So I am going to say Hamilton for the championship, but I'm going to say Ferrari. Ooh, so flipping it on us. Yeah. Uh, Ferrari. I'm just typing Ferrari for those wondering why I'm slowly <laughs> saying Ferrari. Um, Tom, we'll go to you then for this one. Most pole positions, driver and team, please. Um, Hamilton, I think. On the, on his day, if if everything was equal for everybody, I think Hamilton is probably the fastest one lap pace man out there. So I'd have to go with him. Mm. Um, in terms um, of team, oof. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go a bit curveball and say Red Bull, of all people. Just because mm. I think they've got, as a combination, they have the two fastest drivers, as i.e. Vettel and Hamilton are both fast, but the Finns in Raikkonen and Bottas aren't as fast. Whereas both Red Bull's guys yeah. are fast. And I think they'll just... What have you got against Finnish people, Tom? To know. <laughs> Apparently, I think they're slow. <laughs> Even though growing up, Mick Hakkinen was one of my more favourite drivers. So, yeah, I was say, <laughs> yeah, right. If there's one thing Finnish people aren't, it's slow. Um, uh, uh, most pole positions, driver and team for me. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say Mercedes for most pole positions. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna have to say Hamilton. He is. I think he's the quickest out there, Hamilton, at the minute. Yeah, I'm going to have to be boring and say Hamilton Mercedes as well. Yeah, okay. And the reason I think they'll get more pole positions but not necessarily win the championship is because I have a suspicion that that Mercedes isn't particularly good in its tyres. Hence them running the hard all I feel like... Test. Yes. Yeah, they didn't... They didn't. Maybe, they keep it, maybe they're trying to keep their powder dry, but there's some... There's, it just seems strange that they wouldn't take the opportunity to run the softest tyre to get a feel yeah, for it. Yeah, possibly. So mm. that's that's why I'm saying that. So Chris, your Mercedes Hamilton, and then it's my turn to go first. So most retirements, driver and team. It's a bit more difficult this year, I suppose. I'm actually saying it. We've still got Lance Stroll, haven't we? <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know, that's harsh. Uh <laughs> tricky one I don't have any statistics up in front of me on this one either so it makes it even more difficult um, who have we got for next season let's have a quick look we've got the question is do you want to go rookie based on the making mistakes or do you want to go try and go car manufacturer issues yeah well that's the thing I think in terms of team I, I, I have to just have to go Toro Rosso even though they've been really really reliable in testing it's 
it's not until you're sort of racing and you're running these cars with the settings up week in, week out, yeah, that you get the real, real problems. And the Honda couldn't just, agree more. It's got a bad reputation, man. So I'm Toro Rosso mm-hmm. for sure for, yeah. dro- for <clears> team. You can so, stick me down for a Toro Rosso too for exactly yeah. the same reason. Scuderia Toro Rosso. No, we're not STR anymore. We are oh. RB RBTRH. T R H. Wow, that barely even fits. <laughs> RBT. That's longer than a lot of teams' names if you actually write it <laughs> out. Toro Rosso Honda, yeah, of course. Hashtag power of dreams will give you wings, Mobile. I'm still sticking by that. That's my, that my tagline for them. In terms of driver for most retirements, then, uh, we've got. Looking down the list of drivers in next season. Um, Do you want me to go while you're looking? Yeah, you go. You go. I think the Torosos are going to share at retirements between the two of them, but I think the driver with the most is going to be Ericsson. Ericsson. Oh, that's a great shout, Ericsson. Um, I'm going to say Brendan Hartley because he's Australian, and Australians have a rotten look in Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> is he Australian, Stu? Uh, no, he's not. He's from New Zealand, actually. This so is awkward. This is- that's me branded as a racist I'm against Australians and New Zealanders. Pretty sure that, that you did this last time, last season as well, when he first yeah. came in, you called him an Australian. Oh, it might have been me. Okay, One of us did, for okay. sure. That's a recurring theme. <laughs> Apologies to our very substantial listener base in that part of the world. Yeah. <laughs> a significant... I mean, I'm from London. Anything outside... The, well, I'm not from London, but I live in London now, and anything outside the M25 for me is just outside London. So Wildlands. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, who did you say, Christian? <laughs> Ericsson. <laughs> Ericsson. Ericsson. And I've got Brendan Hartley. I think it's the association with um, with Mark Webber as well that sort yeah. of tricked me a little yeah. bit. Because he's quite closely associated with him, isn't he? So. Yeah, he, he kind of helped you through his career and stuff, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, what's yours? Um, it's difficult, this. Um... I'm going to go with oh, for driver. Yeah. Marcus Ericsson. Yeah. Partly because the reliability might not be there because it's a it's a new combination for them. Well, I say new combination. It's it's a completely new engine for them. Yeah. Um, but also Marcus Ericsson is Marcus Ericsson and team. Uh, team. Oof. I hate to do this, but I'm gonna say McLaren. Oh, what what is wrong There's with you? A total number of DNFs. No, they've they've, they've they've had issues with the Renault. I think they're gonna do better than last year, but I think that they they're having troubles with that Renault overheating. Means they might end up with a lot of DNFs. I think we could see for them like what we saw for Red Bull last year in the sense of a lot of one car finishes the race all season, more yeah. or less. Well, they like, try to no find the finishes. limit of what the engine can yeah. do. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to see McLaren. It's not, I know something I want there. to do, but I think that's where they might end up. We've got some good predictions here, lads. Mm-hmm. Um, right, best rookie, I think we're going to be unanimous on this one. It's going to Now, be a question it? before you say that. Go, go Are on. we including Hartley and Gasly? who only did four and five races respectively each last year. By the official definition of the word rookie, they are technically both rookies. 
you're not a ro- you are a rookie until you have completed a com- a full season of the sport. Okay. So technically, they would both be rookies until the point that they took the full race seat. Okay. I can so like two thirds into the season. Okay. I can roll with that. I can totally roll with that. So yes, Pierre Gasly and Brendan Hartley are included on the rookie list for okay. the official back of the grid podcast. So that being said, Charles Leclerc. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Leclerc. Done. How, I don't know how we're going to judge this. Are we just going to judge? Well, this that, that was my next question. How are we judging it? Is it on points? Is it on yeah, like, yeah, on points? Who's championship gonna, position. Who's get the most points? Yeah, championship position. Who's going to do okay. the best? Charles In that Leclerc. case, then you've just written Leclerc next to my name, Stu, which is a little presumptuous of you. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, <laughs> no, I'm going to say Sorokin. Oh. No, I think he has more chance of scoring points this year than Leclerc does. True. So I'm going to go... He's in a better car. Off peak. Well, yeah. mm, we'll see. Based on testing, it's quite so sure, but it should yeah. be. Yeah, it should be. Based on last year, it should be, but we'll see, won't we? Uh, Tom? I'm still sticking with Leclerc. You're Leclerc. Right, cool. Okay. And then wild predictions, please. It's wild it, predictions. So I, this can be I, anything. It can be absolutely yeah. anything. That yeah. Have you have you got one lined up? Or I have. I have. You have. Have you, Chris? Mm. Uh, yes, I think so. Okay, Tom, you can go first while Chris solidifies his. <laughs> McLaren will score at least a podium position, if not a win. Okay. Well, we'll po- hang on a minute. There's not a lot of space, so you're going podium or win. Well, <laughs> um, a McLaren podium. Mcclaren podium, okay. Yeah, that's not that wild. Po- po- podium covers any position. L- on there, live a little. It, so <laughs> <laughs> so um, McLaren podium, I've got. Uh, t- uh, Chris, what's yours? I'm gonna say Haas will score points in Australia and at least half of the other races. Okay, so in Australia and t- ten other races, basically. Yeah. In Australia. I, I almost went for their championship position, ten. but that's a bit too wild, I thought. <laughs> okay, has points in Australia plus 10 of races. Mine is going to be Halo gone before the end of the season. Ooh, <laughs> that's a very wild. wild. You said wild. <laughs> that's the wildest for sure. If that, if that comes in, you win wild predictions. When, well, I, when I saw the points. word wild, I thought wild card, as in you can just go for whatever you want. No, it had to be mental. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's a bit mental. I, d- I feel like mine's a bit deep boring. Down, yeah, deep down, I think I probably did it more for entertainment shall purposes. I, than shall I change mine for entertainment purposes of McLaren will fall out with Renault and find a new engine supply before <laughs> yeah. the end of the season? That's, that's a good one. <laughs> McLaren will go back to Honda for 2019. <laughs> um Okay, shall we make some actual race predictions now? The the predictions that matter. Yes. Yeah. For those, we don't have much time as well. So, shall we go quickly? Uh, Chris, fastest qualifier for Australia, please. So last year it was Hamilton, mm-hmm. uh, followed by Vettel and Bottas. This year I'm going to say Vettel for pole position. Vettel for pole. Tom? I'm going to go with... Lewis. Hamilton. Mm. Okay, and... I am going to go for for this because it's early in the season. I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to say Verstappen for the pole. Nice. I was I was debating that myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom, can we have the winner from you, please? 
I think in a repeat of last year, Vettel will steal it from Hamilton's pool. Okay, I'm going to say Vettel for the win as well. Oh, I was also going to say Vettel for the win. <laughs> but are, you, are you sticking with it? Yep, sticking with it. Sticking with it, okay. First DNF, uh, I'm going to say Ericsson. It's a good show. It's, I've got... I'm thinking turn one incident rather than car failure. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go for... I'm going to go for Hartley, I think. Ooh. Oh, poor Hartley. He's getting <laughs> a lot of grief today. Tom? Um... Just curveball. I'm going to pick a name out of the hat that I think is going to be somewhere in the midfield and might get hit by someone. Carlos Sainz Jr. So I was expecting to say Magnussen. It was it was somewhere around there, sort of someone from a yeah. midfielder team. But we've not talked yeah. about Renault much, so why not Carlos Sainz? Okay, Chris, the most difficult one of the season, the number of finishers in the first race. Oh, this is yeah. the hardest one. Of Australia's the year. such a outlier as it was only 13 absolute, last year yeah absolute wild card I'm going to go for f- f- I'm going for 14 14 Start uh, keeping it low Tom hmm, I don't know if it would be that bad because most teams have worked on reliability for their engines so I'm hoping it's not that bad just for the race <laughs> <laughs> um, 15 15 I am going to say Oh, I'm going to be really boring. Say 14 as well. I think 14. Ooh, slightly better than last season. And then who have we got for a random driver today, Chris? First random driver of the season. Uh, for anyone who's new to this, we every race we pick a driver at random and predict where they will finish in the race. Our very first one is Stoffel Van Dorn. Van Dorn. Oh, that's a great opening. It's a good opener, that. That's I'm, I'm pleased with one. that. Yeah, very, you've done well, Chris. You've done very well. <laughs> well, random.org have. Thank you to our <laughs> long-time partners, random.org. <laughs> um, and it's Tom's turn to go first. Um, um, it's hard, McLaren, isn't it? There's just no way of telling at this he point. He did finish the race last Seventh. year, albeit two laps down in 13th. Seventh. Uh, me, I am going to say uh, seven, seven. I'm going to go fifth. Ooh, yeah, I've, I'm, wow. I'm holding up optimism for a thing. We all saying points. That's yeah. I think well, points. We don't I'm know what you're going to say ninth. yet, but it sounds like you're going to go tenth yeah, or ninth. Ninth. <laughs> ninth, ninth. Wow, we've we the faith in McLaren has been restored. It would see how quickly that gets shot yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> might not take that long to dissipate um, so that's it that's all the things uh, oh, that's all the predictions yeah, um, I'll run through them really least. quickly so yeah for us at least so uh, Chris for the fastest qualifier we've got Chris with Vettel Tom with Hamilton me with Vern the winner we've all said Vettel Vern you got Vern. Formula E on the brain Oh, Verstappen, sorry. Because I've written <laughs> V-E-R. It's because we that's, what he, that's what he used to have when he was in Formula yeah, 1. Yeah, yeah. There's it a whole debate V-E-S, about this actually. because... It, no, no, it is V-E-R now. He asked for it changing. Oh, oh has he? Yeah, it should be V-E-R from this season. So it was V-E-S for... Yeah. He was, he was because of Jean-Eric Verne having V-E-R. That is a snippet, but now, a snippet of information that you just would not get anywhere yeah. else. So he, he applied... <laughs> 
to have it changed to VER because of Vern not being in the sport anymore and he's had it accepted. So as far as I know from now on, his, um, I forgot what they call it now, three-letter abbreviation. Abbreviation, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is now going to be VER. Nice yeah. tidbit there. Nice yeah. one. I'm pretty sure that's right. This is a bit where I get yeah. proven wrong and look like a fool. but <laughs> Yeah, well, well, we'll find out on Friday. Um, the, the the winner, we've all said Vettel. First DNF, um, Chris has Hartley. Tom's got Sainz. I've got Ericsson. Uh, number of finishers, Chris and I both have 14 finishers down and Tom has 15 down. Um, and we all think that random driver Van Dorn will finish ninth according to Chris, seventh according to Tom, and fifth according to me. Um, but yeah, we'll find out. Bold stuff. Can, so can people... Sub, how do pe- How is best for people to submit their predictions? The best way week, gentlemen? is going to be to go to the website at backofthegrid.com. Okay, and we've got a system in place for them to do that? Yeah, you fill in a little form, tell us what you think, and <laughs> we will log it. Yep, so that's that's all going to be there set up for people to log onto the website um, and register your... I think you register, don't you? And Indeed, you, yeah. So yeah, you have to register, register one so time to down. get your name in there in, and then you're in, but that's it. And then you can just come back every yeah. week and fill it in and then um, we will have like a proper leaderboard on there so you can actually keep track of how you're doing. Exciting yeah, The leaderboard obviously won't be up until after the Australian yes. Grand Prix because obviously there's no way of leading something that hasn't yep. been awarded <laughs> points yet. Um, um, anyone who's new to it, we leave the uh, predictions open until the start of qualifying on a Saturday. So you have a slight advantage over us in that you can watch free practice before you make your uh, predictions. Yep. But uh, make sure you get yours in before the light goes green for Q1 on Saturday. Um, yep. We had a whole bunch of people doing predictions league last year it was really good so it'd be cool to have lots and lots of people involved again this year yeah, um, yeah. it was really good fun towards the business end of the season seeing who would win it and it went right down to the wire yeah, and also as we grow we are hoping to have even better an even better prize um, this year yes uh, that's life should have uh, their prize by the time uh, you listen to this um, but we'll definitely have a prize for the season champion next year and we've always said that we will have a prize if anybody ever gets a full 5 out of 5 in a week which yeah. has not happened yet but uh, people have got close so if you manage to get 5 yeah. out of 5 definitely prizing it for you yeah and I think that's it for this week so if you want to uh, communicate with us um, you can find us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1 we're on Facebook just search Back of the Grid we are on Instagram at Back of the Grid and obviously there's a website what we just talked about backofthegrid.com um, if you like me and want to follow me I am Stu underscore PX on Twitter um, if you like Tom King in particular his is at Tom King 89 or if you prefer Chris Chris is at TNM Chris. All of us are on Twitter. Please note you don't have to follow just one of us. You can follow all three of us. <laughs> no, you, you have you to don't, choose. You don't have yeah. to pick a favourite. Have to pick your favourite. You do have to pick a favourite. <laughs> and that's everything. <laughs> Bye. Bye everyone. Bye. Speak to you after the first race. Yeah.
This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more.